If you got your Bibles, open up to open up to Numbers chapter 13. Open to Numbers chapter 13. Uh, tonight we're continuing in our series entitled Return to Neverland. Uh, who's been enjoying this series? Come on now. Um, it's been fun. One of my favorite things about this community is the creativity that you'll find within this community. And this, this series has really just had this like open creativity that we've been able to have with it. I've been having so much fun preaching in this, uh, in this series. And so this whole series has been wrapped around uh, this verse right here. You don't have to turn there. You still go to Numbers 13. Um, but if you're a note taker and you haven't got this jotted down yet, uh, the whole series is wrapped around this verse, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says, now all glory to God. Someone say amen. amen. Come on, like if you are new to church, um, know this, that you can talk back to me a little bit, like just a little bit. I married a white woman because I like to be talked back to a little bit. So you could talk back to me. Uh, you could say amen. You could say that's good. I w and I married a spicy white woman too, just so you guys know. Uh, you can talk back to me a little bit. You can say amen. You can say that's good. You can say let's go. You can say preach it, white boy. It's all up to you. You choose. To pick your poison. <laughs> it says, now glory to God who is able. Like we could just stop there and be done and leave tonight because God is able. Somebody say amen. amen. Come on, you guys are sounding like a bunch of Presbyterians up in here. Somebody say amen. amen. Whoa, now you're sounding like Pentecostals. Calm down a little bit. <laughs> someone gives, someone, there's like 2% of the room that has any idea what those two words mean. <laughs> God who is able through his mighty power. Through his mighty power, it doesn't have to do with your mighty power, your talents, your abilities, your resources, your money, how much money you have in the bank. And somebody said, amen. amen. That's right. Some junior hire was like, well, hallelujah. I get like $3.50 in allowance a week, and I'm still trying to work on tithing on that. So it's a good thing it's on his power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. There's love languages. Um, we read a book when we, when we were getting married called The Five Love Languages. Uh, Amber's love language is quality time. Uh, she's like, spend time with me. And it's a little bit um, acts of service, but the acts of service is just her way of scheming to get more quality time. Because if the dishes are done and she's like, I love you so much, it's because she wants to spend time. I see right through it. I see my love language is, uh, is gifts. My love, there's, there's, there's physical touch, amen. <laughs> there is words of affirmation, there's acts of service, there's quality time, and there's gifts. My love language is gifts. Some of you guys might be like, that sounds a little materialistic. To you, I would say, shut up. It's my love language. <laughs> like, get, stop judging me, right? So when this gets to the part where it says, more than you could ask, I am the type of guy who, 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 who when someone's like, what do you want for your birthday? I'll tell them, a house. <laughs> Buy me a house. Because like, what's the trouble in asking? And God says, I could do even more than you will ever ask. I love the way the Living Bible says it, more than you could ask or even dare to dream of. Now, I don't know about you, but I had some crazy dreams. Like I had... I had this wild dream the other night that me and Amber were on the Titanic, and then the Titanic sunk. I was telling her about this. The Titanic sunk, and then when we got into the freezing cold water, we couldn't find each other. 
later on in the dream, we found each other. I don't know like what changed, we found each other. And then we entered onto a really big boat that was like the size of a city, but people on this boat were trying to kill us throughout the whole dream. And then the dream ended with me and her trying to get off of the boat. I don't know what happened. Um, I, like you, am at the edge of my seat trying to figure this out. Like, I've had crazy dreams. Like, don't look at me with those judging eyes. I see all of you. It's my dream. I can't control it. Anyone ever have a crazy dream? Like, anybody ever combo your crazy dreams with what you ask for and then you bring that to God? Know this. Whatever that crazy equation is, God says, I can and I will do even more. So if he's going to do more than we could ask or imagine, why not ask big? Why not dream big? Why not, go, like, there's a saying amongst, like, are bros still a thing? Yeah. Bros are still a thing? Yeah. I, I figured, like, not like, hey, you're my bro. Like, not like that. Like, bros. Like, dirt biking, lifted truck, they're always trying to fight you and prove to you they're more manly than you with physical confrontation. And I'm like, I'll beat you in Star Wars trivia. Come at me, <laughs> I don't care. Uh, are those guys still a thing? Like they wear, uh, like, I'll keep going. <laughs> he said, go to Menifee. Um, okay, so like, like, why was I even bringing up bros? Someone help me here. Um, oh, 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 because there's a saying amongst uh, those people, um, and the saying is, go big or go home, amen, like, yes, maybe not with, like, backflipping on a dirt bike, I, you know, but, like, with dreaming, hey, might as well dream big, because God said he'll do even more than you could ever dream of. Our whole, our whole series in a sentence, everything for the month of January, broken down in the sentence is this, go from good dreams to God dreams. A good dream is something that you can accomplish that you will get the credit for. A God dream is something that you can't accomplish. It's out of your reach, and you won't get the credit for it. God will get the credit, and who knows that's a good thing because all the glory belongs to him anyways. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I, I had to develop this message in under 24 hours because we had another pastor on staff here that was scheduled to preach tonight. And I was happy about that. I was stoked to hear him preach, but he's currently at home throwing up. And so I had to develop this message in the last 24 hours. So that's how you know it's going to be a God word. That's how you know it. That's how, because none of my phenomenal talents or abilities or skills or creativity or message prep idea could go into this. So it's just all God. So he was just like, yes, Corey, about time we hear from God and not you. <laughs> oh, man. I have ginger tea in here. Yeah, ginger tea. It's a ginger spice, actually, ginger spice tea. Might as well name the other three Spice Girls while I'm at it. <laughs> Why don't we read the word of God? <laughs> tonight, um, tonight I, I, I want to talk about, I want to talk essentially about three things. I want to talk about where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. Here's, here's the sermon in a sentence. I gave you the whole series in the sentence. Here's a sermon in a sentence for those of you who are note takers and are currently loving me with all the notes. Do not go back, do not stay put, move forward no matter what. Do not go back, don't stay put, but move forward no matter what. So in Numbers 13, that's where we're gonna pick up. If you're there, say amen. amen. If you need more time, say hold up. All right, I'll hold up. Backstory. Um, so 
the people of God, the Israelites, they, um, they had been in slavery in a place called Egypt, a place called Egypt. Like you guys know that Egypt is a place. Um, the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt for 400 years. They're crying out to God, praying God would rescue them. God sends this guy named Moses who has a crazy backstory. You can go read, uh, you could go read his story in the Bible or you could go watch the old animated movie, Prince of Egypt, also a banger. Um, sensational. Uh, God calls this guy named Moses, who was currently living in the wilderness, because he actually grew up in the palace, even though he was a Hebrew, he was an Israelite, he grew up in the Egyptian palace, and then he ended up like, uh, low-key killing an Egyptian, because the Egyptian was beaten up on an Israelite, so he had to flee into the wilderness, running from the law, it was like an episode of cops, but like way back in the day, so the cops are like on chariots and stuff, and so and so he's in the wilderness, and God calls Moses to go free the Israelites. So Moses goes into um, Egypt, and there's all these plagues. It's like a music video, like from Metallica or something. And all this crazy stuff's happening. Like, water turns to blood. There's locusts, like giant grasshoppers everywhere. Like, people are dying. They're putting blood on their doors. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, somebody who's never read the Bible is like, oh, my God, what did I get myself into? It's like the Bible's definitely R-rated, for sure. Um, but eventually, uh, Pharaoh, the basically like the ruler of Egypt, he lets the Israelites go. The Israelites leave Egypt. They get into the wilderness, and then they're there in the wilderness for 40 years. Long story. But now, at this point where we're picking up, they're on the border of a paradise called the Promised Land. It was a place that God said, I've promised to give you this land, and it's going to be yours. So they're on the border of the promised land. And so Moses, before they're getting ready to go in, Moses picks a handful of guys and says, hey, um, you guys, they're military dudes. They're like, you're going to be spies. We need, to, we need you to go into the promised land. We need you to, like, scope things out, come back, bring us a report. All right, so we all caught up on, like, the first, like, two books of the Bible there. So what we're about to do, guys, we're going to embark on a journey here. We're going to read 18 verses of the Bible. I know, like somebody missed their daily Bible reading on the Bible app today. You didn't get that super satisfying check mark, but I got you. We're going to read 18 verses. Anybody got a paper Bible? I'm going to read from my paper Bible. Where are we at here? Not Exodus. The secret's out. I put little paper clips in my Bible to help me find the page so that it, like, I get to it quicker when I'm preaching. Um, 18 verses. We're going to be in, actually, we're going to be in two different chapters. Wow. You know, you're, you know you're really getting into God's word when you're hitting two different chapters all in one chunk of reading. So in these 18 verses, do me a favor. Don't get lost. Don't get distracted. I know, like, you're going to hear some crazy stuff in here. Um, there's blood, sweat, tears, violence, sex, somebody cheats on somebody else. None of that happens in here. But there's some cool stuff, so keep with us. There is all of that stuff in the Bible, though, so go read it. Um, if you don't have a Bible to track along with, it'll be on the Sky Bible. Don't trip. All right, here it is. Numbers chapter 13. We're going to start in verse number 25. Y'all ready? Are you good? Do you like who you're sitting next to? Well, it's too late now. You can't move. Because if you move now, it'll just be awkward. All right, here we go. Numbers 13, verse 25. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. 
They reported to the whole community what they had, sh uh, what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country. Everyone just say bountiful real quick. It's just a fun word to say. A land flowing with milk and honey. Sorry, vegans. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But, everybody say but. but. That's a big but, too. Like, this is a big but right here. The whole thing shifts. They just said, this place is dope. Like, it is better than we thought. And there's like, you know, honey bunches of oats everywhere in there. Like, it is bomb. And the honey bunches of oats with almonds. Come on, somebody. <laughs> almonds. <laughs> Wait, I like how you guys caught that, though. I was wondering, did anybody catch how I said almonds all weird? Verse 28, but the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there. Not the New York giants. Nobody saw them anywhere. <laughs> Neither here nor there. They were the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev Valley, and the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, but no termites, live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and all along the Jordan Valley. But, everybody say but. The tables turn again right here. How the turntables have turned. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood, stood before Moses. Listen to what Caleb said. I like Caleb. Caleb's my guy. I'm not talking to Mez. I'm not talking Caleb Turner. I'm talking Caleb in the Bible says, let's go. Like, we could just end there. Like, that's my, by the way, that's my favorite thing to say in sports ever. Like, when something good happens, other guys on the basketball court have a certain saying. They say, oh, good, and the, a different word that I can't say in church. Me, I like, let's go. Let's go. The Raiders score a touchdown. Let's go. I didn't get to say let's go very many times this season, but it is chill. God is faithful. Moses says, uh, Moses says, Caleb says, um, as he stood before Moses, let's go at once and take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. Don't we all just need a Caleb in our life? Maybe that Caleb for you is Caleb Tamez. Maybe it is Caleb Turner. They're pretty encouraging guys, if I do say so myself. But someone that says, when everybody else is around you saying, no, 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 it's too crazy. There's giants. There's this, 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 you can't do this. But then someone else comes around and says, no, 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 let's go. Look at your neighbor and say, let's go. He said, let's go. Verse 31, but, everyone say but. The other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread a bad report about the land among the Israelites, the land we tra traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes in there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants, not New York, there. And the descendants of Anak, next to them we felt like grasshoppers and that's what they thought too. Okay little dramatic. <laughs> but verse, oh, we're, we're jumping chapters here. Y'all ready? Chapter 14. Then the whole community began weeping aloud. All right, guys, chill. Like, it's not that serious, or maybe it is. I don't know. And they cried 
all night. All night they cried. Like, you know, I've heard this saying before. People are like, man, have you ever just been up all night crying? Then like, I've been, I've cried, but typically for like five minutes and then I fall asleep. <laughs> Not an up all night crying type of guy. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. So basically, they made like, like hate songs against them. They're like, guys, it's not enough to just like yell at them and be super mad and complain. Rather, let's make a song about how mad we are. <laughs> you guys are ridiculous. Now, now, now here's, here's kind of the song. If we, if we only had died in Egypt, or even here in the wilderness, they complain. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried away as plunder. Wouldn't it be better of us to return to Egypt? Then, I want you guys to remember this part. Then they plotted among themselves. Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground and the whole community of Israel. Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua, everyone say Joshua, Joshua. son of Nun, and Caleb, everyone say Caleb, Caleb. son of Jephunneh is the best way we know how to say that name. Just name ideas for anybody who, uh, who needs name ideas. They, uh, they tore their clothing. No, I don't, I don't like that either, like... I don't, uh, don't tear my, unless like it's intentional, like rips in the knees. They said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people. They are, I love this, I love this. They are only helpless prey to us. We're the lions, they're the gazelles. We are the giant dog, they're the little cat running for its life. <clears throat> Any cat people in the place? Nobody cares. <laughs> they have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Our last verse, but the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb about killing them. Yikes. Man, we just went on a journey together, guys. 20, what is that? 18, 18 verses, two chapters. Let's go. Hey, let's pray real quick. God, thank you so much for who you are. God, speak to us tonight. God, help me to move out of your way so that you can speak, so that you can come and you do your thing, God. God, we don't want information, God. Rather, we want, we want an experience with you. Would you come, God? Uh, Lord, cancel the Super Bowl. God, just cancel it. Somehow, someway, just get rid of it. But if, if not, if not, God, please help the Rams win. God, we, like LA, LA actually just found out on Sunday that they have a football team. They didn't even know. Um, but God, come February 3rd, we are all Rams fans, please, God. And then next year, God, help the Raiders get ready to win the Super Bowl. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, um, has, anybody done, has anybody done any traveling? Like you've got to see some parts of the country or the world. Um, like what's, the, what's your favorite place you've ever been? Hawaii, dope. Yellowstone, dope. Masai Mara, 
this might sound random or weird. I've got to do some traveling. One of my favorite places in the entire world is a, play, a place called Lake McCall in Idaho. Um, I know that sounds weird. You'd be like, uh, Idaho of all places? It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful place. I love the people there. I got to speak at a few camps out there. I'm getting to go back um, in just a couple weeks here and speak at another camp. I'm so excited. But here's the thing. Anybody notice as you travel, things are different in different places of not just the world, but just different places in the country. So I'm in Idaho, and I'm hanging out with my friends who are, are pastors and all this. And, and at their summer camp, they, like, go water skiing, wakeboarding, all this sort of stuff. They literally have people from the church um, bring their boats to the camp. And there's the lake right there, and they take them all out. And then, like... Um, uh, I go out and we're like, we're hanging out on the boats and stuff. And then one of the, one of the pastor guys is like, hey, Corey, want to go cliff jumping? And I'm like, oh, duh. Like, absolutely. Like, what kind of stupid question is that? Let's go. So we, let's just go back to the dock. We'll drop off all the students and we'll go cliff jumping. He's like, why would we drop off the students? And I was like, well, legal liabilities, like liabilities. They can't cliff jump. And they're like, Corey, this isn't California. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. You mean to tell me you're about to take your students cliff jumping? They're like, uh, yeah, we do it every year. I was like, uh, hashtag things I'd get fired for, okay? That wouldn't happen in California. Not now, not ever. Don't get any ideas, David. <laughs> see you, Walker. I see you. Uh, like, like, no, right? So we go and we get to this spot, this one rock where it's like, the thing was that it's like, it's like not just a straight drop. Like you're at the top of this rock and it kind of is like, it curves down, you know, and at the bottom there was this little tree. And they said, the way you know what direction to jump, um, because if you jump that way, you're going to land on like rock. If you jump that way, you're going to land on rock. What you got to do is you run and you'll see the tip of this tree and you know, jump that way. You just jump over the tree. So the night before, night one of camp, I, was, I told stories about how I was always the one who would do the crazy stuff, and I was always the brother who was nominated to do it first. So when they're like, who wants to go first, everybody looked at me. And I was like, dang, snared by the words of my mouth. Like, okay, let's go. So I, I that's like the exact sound I made. So I, I do it. I just run. I just make sure I'm going to jump so much further than I think I need to. So I did, I made it, water's freezing, that's neither here nor there. And I'm like, yeah, that was awesome, that was really fun. Uh, next guy's going, is a 17 year old dude, football player, he's pretty stocky, and I tell him, hey, just make sure, clear it. And I like sprinted, this dude at like, you know those guys who do the like exercise walk thing, you know? At about that pace, the dude goes up to the end, he stops, so now he's got no momentum, puts his foot at the edge, and jumps. When I tell you this man made it by like three inches, I'm not even lying. Like, I was so scared, and I was like, this dude is gonna die. Like, he is dead, and it's your fault, pastor. You said, let's bring the students. I told you not to. Now this kid's blood is on your hands, not mine. But he made it. So we go up for, for a second round. I jump again. This guy, same exact thing, over and over and over again. It's blowing my mind. I'm like, dude, oh my gosh, like just jump further, like run faster. It's not that difficult. Like Idaho was so much different, right? Like why do you bring this up, Corey? Just because I'm trying to explain to you my life is more exciting than yours. That's it. <laughs> no. Uh, <clears throat> 
somebody who's here for the first time is like their friends like I swear he's usually nicer than this he he prepared this message in like 24 hours give him grace um, no like because here's the thing like you know how I, I was able to go to Idaho how I got connected to go to Idaho is because I first went to San Diego and I met a guy there named Chris Easley and Chris Easley is a great friend of mine I love Chris to death um, and that connection was how I ended up getting connected in Idaho. Here's what you need to know. Where you've been will affect where you're going. And that's the same in life. Where you've been, it will affect where you're going. My first point tonight, if you're taking notes, does anybody have a, like a paper notebook? Like a, here, do me, really quick. If you have a paper notebook, Raise your hand. My wife's going to give you a sticker to throw on that. A free. We got new stickers, by the way. Can I stay double as invites? If you have a paper notebook, you're taking notes. My wife has a sticker for you. If, if she runs out, if she runs out, don't worry. We got a bunch more. Come find me after. I'll get you a sticker. No worries. But I love, I just love uh, note takers. Did you know statistics show that 99% of people who take notes in church make it to heaven? Yeah, did you know that statistics also show that 99% of people who don't take notes in church will be single until they're 40? So, it's up to you. Like, just figure that out, you know? Like, ladies, just look around. Who's taking notes? Who's not? All right, my first point. Where have you been? Where have you been? You know when you walk in the door and you're, like, late and your mom didn't know where you're at? And your mom's like, where have you been? Ben! Like, that's just what my mom sounds like. Probably not what your mom sounds like. Um, and here's the thing. Like, I've been married almost 10 years. I remember when I, uh, when I first got married, I remember me and uh, a couple of my friends, we were surfing, like, legit, like, three, four times a week. And, and I remember Amber uh, one night having this conversation with me after a day of surfing. Um, I'd gone surfing, I'm gone all day, I'm thinking I'm headed home, my wife is probably at home preparing a nice hot meal for me, she's making dinner as, as I'm on the road, on my way home, I was so delusional, I was young and dumb, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to go home, I'm going to eat dinner, you know, newly married, maybe married people stuff too, I don't know, like, options are on the table, and so, so I get home, and my wife, my wife says, I'm like, Hey, baby, what's up, girl? I was like, hey, mommy, daddy's home. I didn't say that. <laughs> I did not say that uh, for the record. I said, poppy's home. It's a different story. I said, poppy's home. <laughs> oh, God. This is, if anybody has an issue with anything I say tonight, take it up with Pastor Zach. He's the one that was supposed to preach. <laughs> so, so I get home, and, and, and I'm like, you know, I walk in, and there's like, there's like a chill in the air, and it wasn't cold. I'm like, I'm like, hey, babe, um, is everything okay? And she says, yeah, it's fine. Guys in the room, for those of you who are currently confused on why ladies are making some noise, when a woman says it's fine, just know um, the reason ladies go to the bathroom in groups is because there's a secret meeting place in restrooms where they take the young ladies and they teach them the lady language. Men are never, never told the lady language. One of the things in lady language is it's fine. Now, translation. I only know this because I've been married 10 years now, a little bit experience in this, in this department, and 
it's fine means actually there is so many problems going on currently with you, with your life, with how you're acting, with how you're looking, with how you're smelling, all of it, that there is, it's so overwhelming how many things are wrong that my response simply has to be, it's fine. And I'm like, you are fine. That's the thing. So don't say that, guys. Um, and I just remember the conversation being like, are you going to surf every day? All of this is to say, whether it's your mother saying, where have you been? Or it's your one day wife um, asking you, are you going to surf every day? Just know this, gentlemen. Um, women are like Jesus in this. When, when they ask a question, it's not because they lack information. <laughs> it's not even because they want a response. So the best bet is to just stand there with your hands in your pockets and wait on her. <laughs> right? Like, where have you been? So when it comes to this, it's not like, it's not like we're trying to get, inf I'm not trying to get information of where you've been physically. In fact, it's not about God finding out where you've been. God knows everything. That's not the case. It really is us taking a moment to pause and reflect and remember where we have been in life because where we've been remember it will affect where we're going now here's what you need to know no matter what your past looks like God will use your past come on that is a good time to say amen because if you don't somebody might think you're trying to cover up something major that you done did in your past and they're all confused like I don't know how God is gonna use that because that was crazy I was wilding out like I'll tell you what God can use your past where have you been can I just tell you, in my life, one of the things that I've seen God use in so many ways is my past. Like one of the things as a youth, a youth pastor that I've seen God use more than, um, more than much of anything else is the fact that I've been able to look in the eyes of so many young people who have faced abandonment and experienced abandonment and have been able to say, me too. Like as their as their parents abandon them, I, I don't just have to say, hey, here's what the Bible says. That's way more powerful than anything I could ever say. But I can also say, man, me too. Like, I've experienced and I've walked that out as well. God can use your past. God's used my past. Even, even the stupid stuff. Even stuff that was like, like, like my decisions. I've been, God's been even able to use that. The terrible decisions where I've been able to tell people like, yo, you want to go? You want to go and live a life of, of, of partying and smoking and, and, and pursue and think that that's going to bring fulfillment? Let me just real quick tell you, been there, done that, and it left me more empty and depressed than beforehand. I, God, God can use your past. Like, I, I came from a crazy family dynamic. God used that. I came, like, we, we grew up with no money at all like we grew up like and God has used that whatever you've been through where you've been God can use it take a moment right now think where have I been what have I done what have I been through man I can tell you this um your past will be something that God uses to intricately intertwine with his plan as he writes out your story and let me just say this as well um you can get past your past. You can. Let me just quote the phenomenal theologian Rafiki from Lion King. 
with his blue butt. <laughs> he, he has this, like, this conversation with Simba, and he, he hits him in the head with his like, stick thing, and he's like, and, and, and he hits him, and he hits him, and then he hits, like, goes to hit him, and he ducks. And, and he says, see, the thing that was in the past, you can either run from it or learn from it. Yo, with your past, you could either run from it or learn from it. But if you run from it, you'll only be able to run from it for so long until you run back to it. So learn from it. There's another, another thing he says um, where, where he starts talking about like, oh, you feel like the, the pain from where I hit you. And he's like, yeah. He's like, well, guess what? It doesn't matter. It's in the past. Look at you never say, it doesn't matter. It's in the past. You just quoted a blue butt monkey in church. Whatever you, man, like what you did, what, what you, the, the decisions you made, the things that happened, let me just tell you, doesn't matter. It's in the past. And we serve a God that gives you a fresh, brand new beginning. The only, the only like power your past has over you is the power you give it. It's up to you. The only past that you have is the, is the power, the only, the only power your past has over you is the power you give it. And there will, there has to be a moment where you decide to rise above your circumstances. That's up to you. I came, I came from a family of drug abuse, literally generation after generation after generation after generation after generation. At 16 years old, I said, not me, I'm gonna be straight edge and I'm not gonna touch any sort of substance for the rest of my life. Here I am 12 years later, haven't touched any sort of substance. There has to be a moment, there has to be a moment where you say, I'm gonna rise above my circumstances. My, my mom was never even born to my biological father. She had, and, and my biological father wasn't the first guy that she was with. Wasn't even the first guy she split up with. She had two divorces before she ever even met my biological father. And keep this in mind, my mom had me when she was 20. I come from a, I come from a lineage of divorce. Here I am, 10 years married, loving life. Divorce is, we don't use the D word in our house. Divorce isn't an option. Like, there has to be, you, maybe you come from a place of, 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 of poverty. Just ha no matter what it is, whether it's drug addiction or violence, or, or maybe, it's, maybe it's just that there is, a, there is a sense of always in your family, everyone puts, it, puts like each other down, and they talk down, and there's verbal abuse. At some point, you have to decide, I'm going to rise above my circumstances. Guess who it's up to? You. It's you. Now, here's the thing. You might say, I'm not strong enough. You're right, but you don't have to be strong enough. Remember, we talked last week. It's not about your strength. It's about his strength and his power at work within you. I wasn't strong enough to get past all the statistics that say I should be divorced. I should be in jail. I should be addicted. I should be an alcoholic. Some people, oh, good job, Corey. You're so strong. But I'm not, though. Like, I'm really not. Like, like I'm not even close. But God has given me the strength to walk it out. It's up to you. Uh, for 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, this means that anyone, everyone say anyone, who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is what? Gone. Who you were yesterday is gone. Oh, but it doesn't feel like it, but it is. Oh, but people keep reminding me, but it's gone. Whose word matters more, people's or God's? God's. Like, you didn't even give us a chance to answer. It's gone. And a new life has begun. When it comes to where you've been as well, um, don't go back. Don't go back. 
Remember our sermon in a sentence. Don't go back. That's where it starts. Um, the places you've been are often the places you want to avoid. And I'm not talking just physical locations. I'm talking about places in life, in your heart, in your mind, in your thinking, in your habits. Let me say it like this. The greatest thieves of dreams are not masked strangers. They're good old friends. Beware of familiar places. Beware of places that you've been. It's crazy. Um, in, in our 972 verses that we read, towards the middle, right after all, right after they bring back the report of like, man, the land, it's great, it's awesome, it's so fantastic, but there's giants in there, and it's gonna be a fight. What do the people say? What do the Israelites say? They say, <gasps> so everyone do that real quick. Go. <gasps> It's just fun to do. They go, oh my gosh, um, uh, let's go back to Egypt. Let's go back to Egypt? Like you, you are on the border of paradise and you want to go back to prison? You want to go back to slavery? And you're on the border of the promised land, the border of paradise. Now, here's the thing. They wanted to go back to prison because prison's free. The promise they had to fight for. A promise had a price on it. And, and, and the thing is, is that why did they say, let's go back to Egypt? Like there were no other options on the table. Like they journeyed across the wilderness, like a gigantic desert. There were, there were hundreds of nations around them they could have gone to. They could have gone back to the wilderness. Like, at least in the wilderness, they had manna. Like, it was basically like spiritual Twinkies that God would rain from the heavens. Like, you know, like, no, they said, ah, uh, let's go back to Egypt. Why? It was familiar. You ever, you ever see that friend who she's dating that dude who's like just a total like dirtbag? Like, like, this guy sucks. Like, he's the worst. He's the actual worst. And on top of it all, he's cheated on you five times and you don't want to like face facts. And then finally she comes to terms with like, yeah, I could do better. And then she breaks up with him. And then, and then a month later, she asks this boy out and he says no. And so she goes back to that other guy. Right? Like, why? Familiar. Beware of the places you've been. Because often when times get tough, that'll be the place you run back to. Don't run back. Don't go back. Especially not to that broke fool. You know what I'm saying? Like, Ladies, come on up. You can do better. You can. That better is probably sitting in this room. I don't know. Just speculating. Just, 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 just prophesying some hope over and in your life. You don't know. He might be. I, for one, am married and happily married. So. I, found, I found my better. Come on, guys. Don't do it to me. This, 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 this is what it is. You guys know. Come to Bridge Youth. You'll hear about Jesus, the Raiders, and Corey's wife. Like, this is the MO. Don't go back. In fact, beware of the places that you've been. Ask yourself, where have I been? Because here's the thing. When Joshua and Caleb, when Joshua and Caleb were saying, let's go, all the other Israelites were saying, no, 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 let's go back. Let me say it like this. Um, dreamers say, let's go, when cynics say, let's go back. Dreamers, dreamers, uh, they move forward when everyone else throws it in reverse. Not like, <laughs> dreamers, 
Dreamers say we can when the critics say we can't. Dreamers, dreamers believe that the impossible is possible and the cynics think that the possible is impossible. Some of y'all didn't catch that. Dreamers say, oh, impossible? Uh, I serve an impossible God. So anything is possible. And then the cynics are over here thinking, oh, it's possible. It's just really hard. So it's impossible. W would you dream for more? Not, not looking over your shoulder at where you've been because God has something in front of you. Walk into that. And be reminded, if nothing else, as you look back over your shoulder, that God is faithful and he's never failed you. He's never left you. He's been with you. He's never failed. He's not going to start with you. Somebody say amen. My next point is, uh, where are you now? Justin Bieber. Love you, buddy. Rest in peace. He's not dead. He's just not doing music. Calm down. Um, first off, um, where are you now? Like, where are you in life, in your thinking, in your talking, in your, in your journey, in your struggles, all of that? Think, think of that. Get, get, get that in your mind. Have a gauge, uh, a thermometer of where you're at in your life. Now, let me just tell you, don't beat yourself up. Don't beat your... Jesus said, I don't condemn you, so stop condemning yourself. Maybe you're not where you should be, but you're, you're not where you used to be. All right? Like... Maybe you're like, man, I should be this person. I should be living like that. Oh, my gosh. Like, look at them. They're so spiritual. Like, oh, they journal every day. They read their Bible every day. And all they ever listen to is worship music. They've seen God's not dead one, two, and three, four times each. Like, huh, I should be that, but I'm not. I'm just this. Yeah, but cool. You used to be that. And thank God you're not anymore. You're, maybe you're not where you should be, but you're not where you used to be. Don't get under condemnation. Don't beat yourself up too much. But at the same time, be honest with yourself. Be honest. To know where you're going, you got to know where you are. You ever go to the mall and you're trying to find a store, and then you find the store, you're like, ah, mm, Forever 21, it's right there. Okay, cool. Where am I at on this thing? And you start looking for the little X that you are here, and you're like, and you look longer for the you are here than like the store you are looking for. Like, and you have no clue how to get to that store if you don't first know where you're at, right? How, how are you going to know where to go if you don't know where you are? You know, so where are you right now? Where, where, where are you at in life? Here's some questions I want you to write down for yourself. I really do believe, though these are practical, if you take these seriously, ask these questions of yourself, they could be life-changing for you. Ask these four honest questions to yourself. Number one, what's going well? What's going good? Like, what department of life are you killing it in? Now, number two, what are you struggling with? What's, what's like one struggle you currently have going in your life? Number three, what do you need to add to your life? And number four, what do you need to subtract from your life? For all of you note takers, I'm going to repeat them for you really quick. Number one, what's going well? Number two, what are you struggling with? Number three, what do you need to add to your life? Number four, what do you need to remove from your life? Honestly, go ask yourself those questions. If you just wrote those down, like take it home, reflect on that, think about it, be honest with yourself, start making moves on these, and I promise you, you'll find yourself in a much different place in your life in the next month, in the next two months. 
And a year down the road, as you trust the process and as you walk this out the same way all of us are, one foot in front of the other, then you'll look back over your shoulder and be blown away at the journey that you have made in a very short period of time. But I also want to ask when it comes to where, where are you now? Where are you right now? What does your thinking look like? What does your talking look like? Your, your, your focus, your thoughts, they'll determine your reality. In, in marriage, um, so many people get divorced, and I think it's because often when things get tough, they focus on, their focus is, what if I got out of this? Who else could be waiting on the other side of a divorce? Who else could I go to? And they begin to, they begin to like legitimately fantasize about everything changing. But what if people instead, their focus was, well, how can I be a better husband? How can I do what God's calling me to do in this relationship? How can I better my relationship? Oh, you know what? Actually, she's pretty phenomenal at this, 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 and this. And when it really comes down to it, I'm, I'm crazy out of my mind if I ever think that I can ever do better. Like, I am legitimately psycho if I believe that. Like, when that is your focus, well, then that's going to become your reality. But if your focus and your reality is over here, guess what's on the other side of that? What are, what are your thoughts looking like right now? What are your, what's your focus right now? Now, what, what does your talking look like? Proverbs 18.21 says the tongue can bring death or life. Death or life. Of all the spies that went into the promised land and scoped things out, they came back. The only ones that spoke life were Joshua and Caleb. Come on, somebody. You guys are Bible scholars now. Let's go. Joshua and Caleb were the only ones who spoke life and said, no, we can do it. We can conquer it. We can let, like, let's go. When everyone else said, let's go back, they said, let's go. Of all of them, guess who are the only two who entered the promised land and inherit, inherited it? Joshua and Caleb. Do you think that's a coincidence? Everybody else died in the wilderness before they ever got to go into the promised land, but not Joshua and not Caleb. How are you talking? Let, 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 in response to dreams, as, as, as Kai and JJ and myself kicked off this year and we started saying things like, the impossible is going to happen at Bridge Youth. Did you say, eh. Or did you say, let's go. Yes, we can do that. Or did you say, no, let's go back. Oh, let's just go back to, I don't know, let's go back to having like 20 students. It's so much more intimate like that. Like, cut it out. When, 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 when we start sharing about the vision, the impossible dreams that God has given us, well, how do you respond? Do you say, yes, we can? Or you say, no, nah, we can't. Oh, we can't do that. There's giants on the other side of this thing. How do you talk? When someone shares their dream with you, how do you respond? You know what I do when someone shares their dream with me? If it even sounds like a God thing, if it sounds godly in any way, you know what I do right away? Maybe it's a God thing. Maybe it's not. You know what I do? Right away. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, you could do it. Oh, you would kill it. You'd be so phenomenal. Oh, let's go. Last week I was talking to a young man, and, and, uh, and right now he's, he's, he's 12 years old, and we're watching basketball videos, and I say, hey, you, do, you, do you have like anything in your heart to play in the NBA? He said, no, I ain't trying to play in the NBA. I'm trying to kill it in the NBA. Kai Dunn. <laughs> and you know what I did? You know what I said right away? I said, you can do it. Heck yeah! You could totally do that, 100%, man. You would be the best white boy in the NBA, guaranteed, my man, guaranteed. White chocolate already retired, man. Like, he's, 
Like, how do you respond to people? Are you automatically optimistic or are you automatically pessimistic? Are you negative, positive? Do you speak life or do you speak death? And then when you look at yourself in the mirror and you start speaking out the life-giving hopes and dreams God has poured into you, what do you say to yourself? What are your thoughts? What are your focus? Now you can, because this is where you are and that's where you've been. It's all fine and dandy, but there's somewhere else that God's taking you. And that place is called a promised land. God's promised you some things. You just got to step into those things. Band, if you could come up and do me a favor, play the best cover of Don't Stop Believing for me. Scratch that. Dream On by Aerosmith, please, and thank you. I'll do the vocal parts. Don't sweat it. My third point tonight, as we close this thing down, um, where are you going? Where have you been? Where are you now? Where are you going? Know this, that your direction, not your intention, will lead to your destination. Your direction, not your intention, will lead to your destination. If you're trying to get to Chipotle and Siri told you how to get there and you're turning the wrong way every time, make a left. And you're like, like for you, that's a left. For me, that was a right. Make a left. And you go wrong way every time. I intend on getting to Chipotle. But your direction doesn't match up. Like, if, if I told you, I'm going to run a marathon in three months, I'm gonna run the marathon, I'm going to kill it, and I'm going to win. I'm not just going to run it, I'm going to kill it. That's what's going to happen. But then, like, I sit on my couch and eat Rice Krispie treats, because those are the best snack in the world, and watch Netflix for the next three months, guess what I'm not going to do? I'm probably not going to run the marathon, I'm definitely not going to win the marathon, and I probably won't even finish it. Your direction, not your intention, will lead you to your destination. That's why I gave you those four questions, because that will give you direction. That'll give you direction. Now, while we're talking about dreams, I want to shift the focus for a second. We've talked a lot about what we want to happen, what we want to do. Let's shift that. I want you to dream about this. Who do you want to be? Because if you become the person God's called you to be, that will get you to the places that you need to be. Who do you want to be? Because if you know who you want to be, then you'll begin to pray for and head in the direction of the career you should pursue. Because here's the thing, what you do doesn't define you. Who do you want to be? Do you want to be more generous? Well, then you can start heading in that direction. Do you want to, do you want to be somebody who, who paves the way for others? Do you want to be a leader? Who do you want to be? Forget about what you want to do. Who do you want to be? Now, here's why this is so important. If you, if you know who you want to be, then you'll end up at the places that you need to be. And that's so important because you can only take people to places that you've been. You ever have somebody, you ever have somebody who's been in 24 relationships in the last 10 months? They've all ended terribly, and then they try to give you relationship advice. <laughs> and it's all like toxic. Why? Because they can only tell you where to go based on where they've been. They can only take you where they've already been. They can only give you what they already have. This is why this is so important. There are no, there are no travel agents in the kingdom of God. There's only tour guides. What does a travel agent do? Travel agent, you get to the airport, they say, here's your itinerary, here's your tickets, you get on that plane, you're going to go to this place, and then, you know, have the time of your life. You know what a tour guide does? They go, oh, come on, 
Grab my hand. Oh, you see that over there? Yeah, that's a volcano. Crazy. It could erupt at any moment. Like, oh, you see that? That's, uh, yeah, yeah that, 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 that's, the, that's a peninsula that's been here for a million years. You're like, oh my God, this is dope. How do you know that? Because I've been here 12 times in the past five days. Like, I'm a tour guide. This is what I do. And there's only tour guides in the kingdom of God because you can't take anywhere, anyone anywhere that you haven't been. I want to I take that a step further. You will more than likely take people to the last place that you've been. Think about it. Where was Moses when he went to get the Israelites? Remember? He was in the wilderness. Where did he take them? To the wilderness. And they spent 40 days there. 40 days. They spent 40 years there. It was actually supposed to be a 40-day journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. Instead, it was a 40-year journey. Moses took them where he was just at. Joshua and Caleb, wh where did they go to spy? The Promised Land. Where did they then take all the Israelites? Into the Promised Land. Jesus is coming back to take us where? To heaven. Why? because it's the last place that he'll be before he comes and gets us. You will likely take people to the last place that you've been. This is why your dreams and your journey are so important because when you step into your dream, it leads the way for someone behind you. Who are you paving the way for? Imagine, if, imagine, imagine if Joshua and Caleb, when everybody started spreading the bad report, if they were like, oh snap. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think we could do this. What would have happened? All the Israelites would have packed their bags and started heading back to Egypt, back to slavery, back to prison. Two guys dreaming for more paved the way for millions and millions of God's people to walk into his promise. Would you take a step? Where? Don't go back. Don't stay put. Move forward, no matter what. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you give us the right to dream. You give us the privilege, and it's not based on our own abilities, our own power. It's based on you. So would you help us, God, to dream again, to go to those places where you're calling us? Because God, if we go, then others will follow. Some people in this world, they just, they want to, but they need a tour guide. God, I pray every person in this room would be a tour guide by dreaming for so much more. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, maybe tonight you're hearing all this and you're like, man, I want that. I want to dream from what I don't, I, I do not want to go back to where I used to. I do not want to stay where I am now. I need to get to that new place. That all starts, all of it, by starting a relationship with Jesus. So if that's you tonight, you're saying, I want that relationship. I want, I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, this is your time and this is your moment. I'm going to ask you to respond in a simple way. I'm going to count to three, and I just want you to raise your hand when I get to three. Like, as soon as I get to three, you just shoot your hand in there. I'll only ask you to respond on the outside to what's happening on the inside, because I believe that when we do, it makes it all the more real in our life. If that's you, you don't want to go back, you don't want to stay put, you want a relationship with God, you want to dream again, you want to step into His promises and receive 
his promise. You want to know that the day that you die, that you'll be in heaven with Jesus. If that's you, when I get to three, you just lift your hand. One, two, three. All over this place. If that's you, man, hands going up in everywhere. Anybody else? Come on, anybody else? Anybody else? Come on, anybody else? 